Millhaven, just saying. I'm just saying that I'm Tom Becker. I'm I'm McGraw Millhaven, and I would like to dedicate today's podcast to poor Tom Becker having to deal with the Cleveland Guardians losing to the New York Yankees once again. Okay, you know, look, I knew it was going to happen when the game got rained out. When the game got rained out Sunday night, I knew it was going to happen because the Indians, back in the day when they were the Indians, uh, were playing the Cubs, and they were all set to win the World Series. Then there was a rain delay, rain delay, and then the Cubs ended up winning the World Series. And then so um, Sunday, after the rain delay, the Guardians go back to the hotel. The hotel says, sorry, guys, you can't stay here another night because we got... We're we're booked solid, so the the guardians and they couldn't get a hotel to uh, handle all of them. So the guardians ended up spending um, Sunday night uh, into all these all these different hotel rooms, you know. So they weren't even together, and it was just the whole thing was a cluster fuck. And oh well, uh, we're a young team. We got uh, a lot of potential, and uh, you know, as they say, wait till next year. So let me ask you this question. I've been taking an informal survey. What's your earliest memory of baseball? Not necessarily your father taking you a game, but what do you remember when you were a kid about baseball? Like like on the field or something or radio or TV? What what do you yeah, think, I, remember? You know, I, I think my... Wow, that's a great question because my, my most... Um, my fondest early memory is when I went to the game. You know, I mean, my my dad told me that if I got um, right. uh, for every for every A I got in in, in first grade, uh, he'd take me to an Indians game, and that was the first and last time I ever got straight A's. <laughs> um, so, and then I, remember, I just remember like walking to the stadium the first time and all of that. But it right, had. But to I be mean, what do you remember? Yeah, like... know, there had to be something before that to make me want to even. I, you know what I think it is? I think it was a thing where the kids in my neighborhood. I grew up in a uh, lower middle class neighborhood of Cleveland. And I think what it was, was that some of the older kids in the neighborhood, you know, we'd be playing, you know, like hot box in the street, you know? Right. And and so I think it was just like watching them do it. And then I wanted to be a part of it. And I think that's just sort of where my, my fascination with it with it lied. But well, um, the, reason, the reason why I bring it up is um i said this the other day on the radio and three other people generally my age have said the same thing when bucky dent hit the home run to beat the red sox in that one game playoff in 1978 or maybe right people remember that like it was yesterday and people my age just it was in right in everybody knew where they were when they were watching that that game that game happened in the afternoon I went home from school and I watched that entire game. I wasn't even a Yankee fan. I just watched it. I was actually rooting for the Red Sox. Um, but anyway, that game happened in the middle of the day when young kids were watching. Now, Major League Baseball, they want young kids to watch, and they put the game on at midnight. Yeah, It, 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 it makes no sense. So I watched the Yankees-Guardians game, and then I didn't pay any attention to the to the first game of the the Padres and 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 uh, Phillies because it started at eight o'clock at night. What what? Who's up? Who's up at midnight watching these baseball games? <laughs> well, first your job is such your job is such that you uh, you have to um, uh, get up. What time do you get up in the morning for your morning show? Okay, fine. I, I I'm a little weird, but there's a they little. don't put. Okay, they don't 
They don't put the presidential debates on it at, at midnight. The local news isn't on at midnight. You know, that's they that what midnight they used to it's radio the, the, the TV stations used to turn off their signal at midnight. Now you're putting game seven of the World Series on at midnight in this eighth, ninth inning. It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, you, you this has been this has been a, a uh, what a thorn in your side for as long as I can remember. I mean, you've always had an issue with this. Um, but again, if they're trying to get young people to watch the games, why put it? Why put it on Apple TV at ten o'clock at night? I I don't you know I don't think that the fact that the games are being played at night is the reason why young people aren't getting so involved in baseball. I mean, when uh, and again, you know, I mean, look, yeah, I'm a dinosaur. I'm an old guy. Uh, I remember, you know, I mean, the games were on the radio. Herb Score would do the games on the radio. And and uh, the um, uh, I mean, like every once in a while, an away game would be televised. They wouldn't televise the home games because they wanted to sell tickets, but they would televise the away games every once in a while. Um, and so I, I remember that. But there weren't all the other distractions. You know, we we didn't have all the other distractions for kids. We 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 didn't have. We didn't have uh, the uh, video games. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have all of that stuff. That's a distraction for these kids. They find much more entertaining than, than a, a game of baseball. That, quite honestly, you have to uh, you have to really concentrate uh, to to really enjoy the game as to who's doing what and 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 that you have to really focus. And with short attention spans that we have today, do kids really you know if, if the games were on during the day? Would they all of a sudden start to focus more for a baseball game? I don't well, think so. I will tell you this, that you can only go into a store when it's open. You cannot go into a store when it's closed. So it's a good thing baseball isn't a wait, 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 let, let, me, let me Let me write that down. Actually, actually, uh, yes, yes, you can. You ever hear of online shopping? Things change, McGraw. You know, <clears> yeah, the store, the store's closed. I'll, I'll go online and buy it. Okay, can you go online and buy it when the internet's down? <laughs> you just you, you just ain't go, gonna give up. You can't go right? online. You can't go online and fill up your tank full of gas. Okay, baseball. Every single kid is home at school at three or four o'clock. If you want no, the next not. generation. No, Kids are uh, maybe uh, you know look. Uh, kids may might be at daycare. Kids might be at extracurricular activities. You know, you ever talk to a soccer mom? My God, they're driving the kids here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, and they're home at three, four, or five. You're not going to catch every single kid at every single second, but I know you're not going to catch any of them when the Cubs win the World Series at one o'clock in the morning. It was their signature event. And it happened at one o'clock in the morning. You, what moron is running Major League Baseball? You will if you're a Cubs fan, or in that case, the Indians fan. You can't physically stay up that late. No, but there's a fond childhood memory there of mom oh, and dad that? saying, okay, you can stay up and watch the game. And you no. try to stay up as long as you possibly can. And it's a fond childhood memory. I, but look, that's, look, why, problem, that's why the, the our, problem, McGraw, that's why problem, my generation McGraw, remembers McGraw. Bucky Dent's home run at non Carlton Fisk's home run. Because Carlton Fisk's home run happened at midnight, Bucky Dent home run happened at five o'clock in the afternoon. Jeez. Oh, Next topic. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not letting this one go just yet. 
So you're yeah. arguing you're arguing the later the better for the game. No, I'm not. No, arguing. I'm not. I'm I'm arguing that the fact that uh, Major League Baseball is having a tough time getting younger uh, people and interested and viewers into it. I'm arguing that uh, uh, the problem is not the problem is not that the games are on late at night. Okay, that's not the problem. All right, the problem is one of them. The huh? One of them. Well, okay, yeah, you know. But uh, let me ask you this: They change the rules. They change the rules. Next season, they're not going to be able to uh, do the shift in baseball anymore. Is that going to bring in younger viewers? Mm, probably not. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the, it's on um, at midnight. Because uh, huh? then they're going to know when the shift is on because it's on at midnight. Oh, Jesus. Oh, dear God, help me. Why do I even bother? Okay, so I've made my point. You made your point. We'll not let the listeners decide. So, so the other day on the show, some 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 guy called up with some insane idea, right? Some insane opinion. And at the end of his rant, I said, well, sir, I respectfully disagree. And he said to me, you can't do that. <laughs> you, you can't disagree and be respectful? No, you can't. You can't. I was like, it's my show, sir. I can say anything. I can, I can be as... I can be as genuine. As, I can. I. I can be as res- respectful as I want to be. Yeah. Yes. I respectfully disagree. You can't do that. Okay. <laughs> then you're a fucking idiot. Is that better? Then now are you happy, sir? <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, speaking about uh, respectfully disagreeing, uh, Chuck Hagel's in town. I had a chance to sit down and talk to Chuck Hagel. Oh, the, the liberal. How, the how's the liberal doing? Pardon? How's that liberal doing? That liberal doing, yeah. Well, you know, they're funny because, yeah, you know, Chuck Hagel was a uh, conservative Republican senator back in the day when, uh, you know, that really, when, when conservative didn't mean crazy. Um, Actually, I always liked Chuck Chuck Hagel. I've met him a couple times, but he's he a great guy. Like a, Chuck yeah. Hagel, Chuck Hagel, and, and you know, I mean, he, Chuck Hagel is what America America should be, you know, and that's that's why he was here. He was here in town, you know, meeting with a bunch of high school students to talk about. Um, to talk about public service and uh, looking into careers and of, of being a part of, you know, uh, being a benefit to others. And not just not just like politicians and that, but also, um, uh, you know, doctors, nurses, teachers, volunteers, you know, and everything. And, and, and talking about the importance of that. And it was uh, uh, really kind of cool to sit down and talk to him again about, you know, what what politics used to be like versus what politics are today. Well, what he was a Republican senator from Nebraska in the nineties, yeah, and the, and then he became he was a World War he was a Vietnam vet, wasn't he? Vietnam vet, Vietnam uh, vet, a United States senator from Nebraska. Who, and then he uh, became Defense Secretary under Obama, right? Under Obama, he was a Defense Secretary under, under Obama. He uh, famously said because uh, he was against uh, he was against the war in Iraq, and which got him in a lot of trouble with a bunch of uh, Republicans. And his quote was, his famous quote was, I took an oath to uphold the Constitution. I didn't take an oath to a political party. I didn't take an oath to the Republicans. I took an oath to the Constitution. And and I remember talking to, I remember talking to Chuck Hagel before, uh, before 9-11, when there was all this talk about Saddam Hussein and what a bad guy he was and all that. And I asked him, I said, why can't we just take out Saddam Hussein? And Hagel said, well, if we do that, you know, Here's what's going to happen. We're going to make Iran stronger. We're going to, you know, and he went down the list of all these things, which for the most part have all come true. 
Yeah, no, Chuck Hagel. Chuck Hagel is a um, uh, he, he he's he's a he's a good man, and I, it was really cool talking with him again. Well, you know, what's interesting is the Republican Party nominated a man who was very much against the invasion of Iraq in President Trump. So they went from disowning somebody who was against it to nominating and embracing a guy who was against it. Yeah. Are you new to politics? Yes, I yeah. am, actually. <laughs> well, it's played at midnight, so I'm usually asleep, so I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. There's a perfect example. All right. The January 6th hearings were held in the middle of the day. All right. Were kids watching that? No, because they had no interest in that. The same thing is true with baseball. There is no interest with a lot of these kids in baseball. They've got other interests. Yeah, again, again, way to cherry pick the argument. This it's it's not like um cherry picking the like, argument. You're talking about well, you can't online shop if the internet is down, and I'm cherry picking. You can't watch the game. You can't ten year olds can't physically stay up to midnight to watch the game. They just can't do it. Nobody can do it on a consistent basis. Beer anyway, and it's all about the advertising. Oh, okay, if it's all about the advertising, who's buying time at midnight? Why not put it on when people are watching? It's because you go to bed early. Does that mean the rest of the world does as well? I'm not talking about going to bed. I'm not talking about the game being on at seven. I'm talking about the game being on at midnight. What self-respecting no game starts at midnight. No, they end at midnight. That's the exciting part of the game is midnight. The World Series doesn't not end if you're at on the midnight. West Coast. The World Series, the Super Bowl doesn't end at midnight. The World Series, what ends at seven o'clock? Well, now you're going okay. Now, the 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 model for football is much different than the model for baseball. So therefore, so no. anyway, on on to other on to other topics. So um, what's happening in uh, we're getting into the the last couple of weeks of um, political season, and here in Nebraska, critical race theory has reared its ugly head again. That's being talked about in uh, political circles, which uh, is, you know, as I've said, political race uh, theory is a political tool that is used by political tools. Um, but uh, that, that that's back in the news. What's happening in uh, Missouri? Um, what is happening in Missouri? There's a Senate race that is, <laughs> Senate race that the Republicans are going to roll. Uh, there's a local uh, St. Louis County race that's kind of a big deal. But it's really, you know, we have uh, we're going to we're going to legalize medical marijuana. We're going to legalize recreational marijuana down here. Oh, good. It'd be cheaper than going to Florida or rather going to Colorado or going to Illinois. Well, yeah, well, you live on the Illinois border. So for you, it's nothing. But, you know, well, we, not for me. It's nothing. It's for the people who come and visit me. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that may be, but some people may come and visit me from time to time. And the first thing is they want to go get a hot dog over in Illinois. Well, first of all, first of all, um, I wanted to experience what it was like going to a dispensary, see what it was like. I know, and and, and it was. We get there, we get there, and the security guard is stoned out of his mind. <laughs> it was so weird because I was driving, and there's a security guy there. I'm like, oh god, there's a cop, and you're like, it's legal. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, I forgot. So so we pull up there, and they stop us at the gate before we drive into the parking lot. And McGraw rolls down the window and says, uh, you know, tries to throw me under the bus and goes, uh, 
Oh yeah, yeah. I I'm just driving. He he's he's the one. He's the pothead. He's the pothead, right? So the security guy says, "Well then, yeah, we want him in here. You can get the hell out." <laughs> yeah, that guy it was, was bizarre. Big. It was bizarre. It is. It is. Well, you know, the, the funny thing about it is, though. So I may or may not have had other friends come and visit me who the right off the plane, they want to go over to Illinois and you go over to Illinois and you go to the legal recreational marijuana cannabis dispensaries. And it is a waiting room for cocoon. The sequel. They're not 18 year olds. They're all 50, 60, 70 year olds with canes with, you know, uh, glaucoma glasses and, you know, just wheelchairs, all these people with aches and pains, all looking to get, some type of relief from their pain. And they're all getting marijuana as opposed to medical grade heroin. And uh, people there, are there, somehow there, there, still there against was it. Also, there was also, there was also uh, the, the one uh, gray haired guy in a ponytail wearing a Grateful Dead shirt. He was there too. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, but he had, he had some, he had some arthritis problems. But I mean, it's not like the 18 year olds are trying to, you know, hang for marijuana. It's all the old people who, Wanting some some type of pain relief. And also, in all seriousness, I, I do think that by legalizing marijuana, you do run into uh, a situation where um, you know you're preventing you know maybe more use of hard drugs. And I'm not just talking about you know the opiate uh, pain pills that uh, you know the government does allow. I'm talking about I'm talking about you know the the you buy you buy your pot on the street on the street. You're buying it from the same guy that's selling coke and meth and other harder drugs. And like any salesman, you always try to upsell. So I do think that I do think by making it legal so that people can go and just, you know, go into a store and get it legally. Uh, I think by doing that, you also try to uh, stop. And this is all just, you know, I don't have any evidence of this uh, statistically, but it seems to me that that would drop the number of harder drug cases being used as uh, marijuana is more easily accessible. I think that we should really probably have a serious discussion in this country about legalizing everything and just setting up these these drug treatment slash user facilities because the amount of money we spend on trying to stop it is a total failure after 50 years we've failed and just you know they're starting to see this in new york and california where they open up these things and you know here here here, here's a safe table for you. Here's a needle for you. Um, here's your place to go do what you want to do. Or if you want, you can go over here and try and get some um, rehab facility and some type of rehab help. Because what we're doing now is currently not working. And we have to, the rest of us have to deal with stolen cars and the scourge of society and violence and decay and ruining of families. Um, there's got to be a better way to solve this problem because what we're doing ain't working. Philosophically, I don't disagree with you. I, I, I haven't I haven't quite crossed that bridge yet to agreeing 100. Philosophically, I think you're right. I just wonder, you know, realistically, how how practical is it? Um, you know, well, I mean, a drug I, dealer, a drug addict will cut off their arm to get another drug right? To get another high. So taking away their family, taking away their freedom, putting them in jail, they don't care. They want another high. And especially with heroin, they, they need medical treatment to help get off 
the drug. And we can't, we don't have the money because we're too busy trying to stop the drugs from coming in the country, which ain't working. So we don't have money to, to give them to help them get off the drug. So we allow them to beat up grandmothers and steal cars and ruin neighborhoods and ruin the next generation because they're searching for this next high. Let's just give it to them and solve the problem on the back end. Would there be fewer alcoholics if uh, alcohol was illegal? No, I think that's been proven. Well, I mean, it, I, it is I, proven that prohibition doesn't work. You're right there. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> there's no greater example of making something illegal doesn't work. Didn't stop the flow of, of alcohol. It made it worse. And, okay, so you say that uh, recreational marijuana is going to pass in Missouri. By what percentage do you think? Oh, they're talking like 60-40. Really? 65-35. Yeah, no. Not only is it going to legalize it, um, but they're also going to expunge all of the criminal records of, you know, of nonviolent, you know, marijuana users. Um, money, they're going to tax it and money's going to go to rehab and, you know, all that, that, that type of stuff. So, I mean, it's a very progressive, very forward-thinking uh, bill to try and help solve the problem. That uh, makes you know, a lot of sense. I mean, that makes that makes all the sense. Tax it, legalize it, uh, regulate it. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, there's, it makes all the sense in the world. You're, you're still going to have, you know, the the street corner marijuana seller, I guess. Um, be, you know, but you 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 still have non-tax cigarettes being so, sold, but it's few and far between, right? What? Why go buy something illegal on the corner when I can go to the other corner, pay pay a little more, but know that it's quality and know that it's it, it's legal. People want to do the right thing, but there's no other option, so they end up doing it e- illegally. I don't I don't disagree with you on that. Uh, I, I it pains me to say that, but you're right. You know, you're right. Now, but I have a problem when it gets to the point of heroin, uh, crack, cocaine, uh, methamphetamines. I got a problem. You know. Fentanyl, you know, I, mean, I had a problem with that, you know, it just. Um, well, but 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 your, your your argument is it's easier to get heroin in high school than it is cigarettes or beer because beer and cigarettes are regulated. Marijuana, heroin is not. You can get heroin in high school. You can get it delivered in a car via, you know, quote unquote, Uber. You have a hard time doing that with alcohol because it's so regulated. No, oh, you know any high school kid. The worth kids are salt. still getting it. The kids yeah, any are high school kid it. worth of salt has uh, a fake ID or um, uh, an older an older sibling or friend that can get it. Growing you know? up in college, growing up in college, and we used to laugh about this all the time, right? The University of Nebraska campus was dry, it was a dry campus. Meanwhile, there was alcohol in every single dorm room, and. But it was harder to get alcohol on a Friday night in Lincoln as an 18, 19 year old than it was to get cocaine. You can make one phone call and you can have cocaine at your dorm room in a matter of minutes. But yeah. y- you couldn't get alcohol because it was regulated. Now, it, it, um, it all does boil, boil down, though, to the user. I mean, you could put a big, a big pile of methamphetamines in front of me and I'm not going to touch them, you know, Um on the other hand, I might go to a dispensary in Illinois and see what that's like. Yeah, but when we were kids, you'd go to a party, somebody might pass you a joint, right? 
now someone's putting a date rape drug in your drink. Someone's putting a fentanyl in your drink. Somebody's right. I mean, some, yeah. you don't know what you're getting. And so you and I, right, might have smoked a joint on a Saturday night in high school or college. But now these kids have to deal with, you know, insanely harder drugs that they don't even know they're, they're ingesting. Let me throw something at you that's even a little bit different uh, here. If you legalize it, do you take away part of the fun? You know, when you talk about kids and that, is this part of the fun the fact that it's not legal? Um, and and the reason I ask that, it's like, I remember when uh, Coors Beer, you couldn't get Coors, you, you could only get Coors in Colorado. That was the only place you could get it. And boy, if somebody was in Colorado and they brought back Coors, man, it was all right. Now, look at this, we got Coors. Then Coors became legal everywhere, and it was like, eh, you know, it's another beer. You know, well, I, I, so, I mean, is, do, if by if by legalizing and making it more available, do you, in effect, actually take away part of its allure? Well, coming from St. Louis, I hope you appreciate my next comments, but Coors is piss water. I know, you got to be a bud guy. It's a, it's a, it's a law in St. Louis. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, there's, there's something to that, I think, though. I don't know if you're getting addicted to heroin because it's, you know, you're getting addicted to heroin for all sorts of reasons. Um, you know, painkillers or, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think people start off with heroin, but today more and more people are starting off with, you know, Adderall or something else and something else. And all of a sudden, you know, you get a, you get a Percocet or an Oxycontin or something. And all of a sudden you're rocking and rolling and then you're, spiraling down you know then then you can't find the oxycontin so then you have to go to heroin and then you're you know the whole thing spirals out out of control it it gets to a point here too where what i think even with all of this um uh, talk about about this the underlying theme in all of this is also mental health what are you doing so that people aren't self-medicating what are you doing so that people aren't you know again i mean maybe it's even just with booze you know, booze or pot or harder drugs. What are people doing to, to self-medicate? And is it, a, is it a thing where, you know, I mean, yeah, recreational drinker, you know, a cocktail after work once in a while, no big deal. But then you got people that can't handle it. And the jails are filled with people that had, you know, some issues with drugs or what have you because they were having some other mental health problems. We never talk about that. We never actually do anything to try to make mental health more affordable more available to people because politicians don't get elected on that. Politicians get elected on saying that uh, they're going to be tough on crime and they're not going to raise taxes. So what you end up with are overcrowded prisons and a bunch of people with uh, felony convictions on marijuana charges that, um, you know, are unnecessary. Good people that just occasionally want to uh, escape into their own mind. And and we need need to, to spend more time, more money and more, uh, to take away some of the stigma of getting mental health help. You could argue that every single person in jail has a mental health issue. True. Right? True. I mean... And you're never going to, just like you're never going to cure everybody with cancer, you're never going to cure everybody with a mental health problem. But at the same time, at the same time, if we spent more time trying to help people with mental health problems, if we took away some of the stigma attached to it, if we, uh, you know, work to, uh, you know, get these people the help that they need then uh, maybe the prisons wouldn't be so overcrowded. People that uh, otherwise would be locked up are becoming, you know, become productive members of society and be, uh, get on the, uh, you know, on the tax rolls. 
And, and well, the experts will tell you, you're never going to lock your, you're never going to law enforcement your way out of the drug wars. You just, oh. you never, you're never going to be able to draw, draw, um, lock up an, enough people to solve the problem. Not to mention the drugs get in the prisons. So yeah. what's the, what's the, what's the point, right? Oh, we're going to lock them up. We'll show you. Well, they'll just get high in prison. Um, have you ever taken a tour of a prison? Uh, I have. Yeah, I was. I, well, this was at a, at a county jail. I mean, I do volunteer work for the state pen, the state pen here in Nebraska. But uh, one time, I took a tour of the county jail, and they were doing a uh, a raid of the uh, of some of the uh, cells, and they found. Have you, have you ever heard of like prison wine? No, I I believe the uh, terminology of the nomenclatures they were tossing the cells. Oh, okay. Fine, they were tossing the cells. Okay, get with the lingo. Uh, no, I don't know what prison wine. Well, is. You, you watch, you watch one documentary on HBO, and all of a sudden <laughs> you're an expert. So anyway, they they had to they were like take a shampoo bottle, and they had to have like Kool Aid in there, and then uh, maybe I'm getting this recipe wrong, but then they would take bread and put the bread in there for the yeast, and let this shampoo bottle ferment, and uh, it would turn into evidently turn into some sort of a mind altering substance, which uh, I had no idea. But uh, yeah, well, they'll, they'll, they'll find they'll, they'll always find a way. They'll always find a way. There's a I don't know about Omaha, but up and down here in St. Louis, uh, Kia and Hyundai cars have you heard are being stolen in, in insane numbers. Have you heard this? Same here, yeah. And it's because some idiot put how to steal a Hyundai and a Kia TikTok video online and so now all these bad guys they it was like a how-to video and so over the last year like the 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 carjackings and the stolen cars hyundais and kias are up like four thousand percent yeah they'll find a way they'll find a way yeah they'll find a way um also i don't know about i'm sure the same thing in st louis uh catalytic converters being stolen yeah a lot of catalytic converters being stolen which uh I guess what they just sell the metal, right? Is that what they're they're selling out of that? Or so yeah. So I guess the copper or whatever. I was talking to a couple of business people whose cars, they have a fleet of trucks, and they hopped over the fence, stole all the catalytic converters, and then left. So the catalytic converters five hundred dollars to get fixed, but they don't, you know, just take the catalytic converter. They do so much more damage. This business owner said to me. When it was all said and done, they had 20 trucks that were all hit. So they, you know, it was thousands of dollars of damage to each truck. They said, I would much rather have them knock on my door and say, can I have the catalytic converters? And we would have given them to them because it would have saved us money in the long run. And again, they're stealing these catalytic converters so they can get money for drugs. Yes. So they, yeah. No. It's, yeah. It's, right. It's, so, you know what? Let's just give them the, uh, the drugs and, and then I can go about my business you know, dri- driving my trucks with a fleet of catalytic converters intact. And then if they do enough methamphetamines, they can stay up till midnight to watch baseball. But did and you here see? We, go. we have tied it all together, well, every, all only, the topics together. Not only that, but think about the social services, right? If, if, if they're all in the same place, right? If they're all at the drug park or the drug tent, they can go, all the social services can go to one spot and give them the clean needles and give them whatever else that they need to sort of make them healthier to sort of get them back up on their feet and maybe send them to rehab.
right. Well, speak about getting back up on your feet. I got to get out of here. Um, so it's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. You know, I, we solved not only the drug problem, but the baseball problem this episode. Who says this? Who says this thing isn't changing lives? Not to, men- not to mention the mental health crisis. All in a half hour. It's, you know, we make it look so easy, too. You know, that's the thing. Make it look so easy. It's and we did it in an entertaining way. God love you. Well, that, that's up for debate. <laughs> I was entertained. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Later. Bye. Bye. A Huda Media Production.